American deal. We have Japanese yeah, deathmatch uh, legend D White, uh, head of talent relations. You know, old school to you, buddy. <laughs> head of talent relations, uh, Ryan Cunnington. And Ryan, you want to introduce who we have today? Um, yeah, uh, this is uh, this is near near and dear to my heart. Um, he is the first professional wrestling talent that we have been blessed to have on on the podcast and that is kingpin brian Malgones. what is going on i feel so honored i'm the first i'm the first uh wrestling talent that's that's something yeah, Man, yeah. There's, there's some there's some next gen guys that might want to that might be pissed that you said that uh, <laughs> he's a booker i don't know he's Cody said he wasn't a good wrestler, so (laughs) that is true. Much much love to Cody Ford, but we are here tonight with Brian Malonez. Once again, uh, I know we've said this a couple of times, man. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate having you. No problem. It's not like I mean, uh, it's not like I got a whole hell of a lot going on (laughs) on these days. (laughs) I think that's a great. Everyone currently who is actively going to work. Uh, hey, I'm actively going to work. Matt, are you actively going to work? I, as a teacher, my, my living room has become my classroom. So yeah, <laughs> this is what this is what work looks like. <laughs> it's not too far off of the podcast. Set, so tonight it's a dark room where we can kind of see your uh, the top of your head. <laughs> the white marker. No comment. I'm not even not even coming back at that. Yeah. I got plenty for you though, Ben. So, man, I think it's, it's the perfect opportunity to ask. I mean, how are you staying sane during quarantine? <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm not. I'm going crazy. I uh, I have two little ones. I have an uh, I have an eight you know eight year old and a four year old who just fight constantly, and uh, they're going stir crazy, which in turn makes me stir crazy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm used to a very busy schedule. I'm used to not being home. And now to, uh, I mean, in the last three weeks, I think I've been out of the house a total of like 90 minutes each time just to go to the chiropractor. To, I mean, that's total, 90 minutes like in three weeks. Um, and I've only left the house to go to the chiropractor in like, you know, the last like three, four weeks. So it's, you know, but uh, that's what they're telling us we should do. So, you know, right. who am I to question? There's a lot, there's people a lot smarter than me making those recommendations. So I guess oh, God, I'll just, we would, uh, we'd hope so. You know, and, uh, you know, lots of cold beverages. There you go. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> oh. All right. You've already lost one. It's gone. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Am I that boring? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Him to get a drink. We've, it's, it's, it's definitely Ben. It's not you. It's definitely him. <laughs> Man, I'm not going to lie. This is really cool. I'm trying yeah. to kind of you know cope a little bit here but we uh we got together we got we had to prepare this is the first time i think we've had an actual business meeting to prepare for an interview and so we came up with some questions we gotta ask (laughs) all right fire away all right ben you have Uh, the list yes so i have our wow list list. a list a list Uh, another gimmick we're not getting infringed yeah uh oh boy first off how did you get into wrestling? Let's just kind of start with that. Yeah, I mean, um, it. I kind of took a, I mean, I've been a fan for forever. I don't really have like that moment of like where I fell in love with it. I just, I always was a wrestling fan from the first memories on. But uh, when I was in high school, um, I had a buddy, he was a year older than me. Um, and I didn't even know, like, the, I didn't know the independence existed. I didn't know outside of like what you saw on television and then what you'd see like in the magazines a little bit. I guess I didn't fully understand um, like what the independents were. And then I went to a couple shows with him and then he actually had signed up for wrestling school. So I was like 15 at the time. I came from a dirt poor family. <laughs> they could not afford to send me to wrestling school. Uh, so finally um, at 19, um, he wanted to, he had dropped out for a little bit, but wanted to get back into it. And um, we saw that uh, the chaotic training center, uh, North Andover Mass was opening with the the guy who was the head trainer at Kowalski's, Mike Hollow. Um, so we went, you know, we went there. I was there for the very first meeting they had, which I want to say was, I mean, weirdly enough, right around the time of like 9-11. Um, and Chris Nowinski was like there. This was like days after 
um you know he lost tough enough uh, i was pretty close to when you know when he lost tough enough and um i sat and watched classes for a couple of weeks ironically the guy I sat with um me and me and todd sinclair a senior official of ring of honor started wrestling school the very same week uh, so he's my my longest friend uh, in the wrestling business uh, believe it or not and um yeah but that was the you know i had a friend who kind of you know, I've always been a fan. I was like, oh, that'd be so cool to do. But I mean, when you're 14, 15, you know, who the hell knows how to, how do people even become wrestlers? Well, you go to school like anything else. Uh, that's really, man, that's crazy. Hey, man. Hey, so did you, uh, was, was this, was Killer Kowalski still alive? I mean, did he get a chance to like stretch you and, you know, turn your ankle <laughs> around backwards or anything? So I, um, I used to go watch the classes when I was in high school with my buddy. And uh, so I spent a lot of time with Walter before I even like signed up for wrestling school. And I was just in awe of, of Walter. Um, you know, I, I, I was just, you know, in awe of this. Of his, I mean, he was all hunched over too at that point. Uh, he was a little bit active still at, um, you know, the point where my buddy had was training um, now when I signed up for the chaotic training center, Walter had still had his own school, uh, but then came and joined us later on. Uh, I want to say a couple of years into my training and I got to spend a lot of time, uh, with Walter. Now he was less active in the ring. You know, he would do stuff. He would show you things here and there, but he was much less active in the ring. Um, by the time, you know, I, I had come around, um, I even got to take a road. I mean, we, we can get into that story at some point. I took a road trip with uh, Walter Kowalski, his wife, and uh, uh, Warbeard Hansen uh, from War Machine, the Viking Raiders, who is another one of my close friends in wrestling. But now that's a story in itself. <laughs> Hey, let's hear it. Let's yeah, hear it. Yeah, so let's just grab the trouble and dig in. I mean, first off, I would say, like, you know, uh, Hansen is uh, Ivar. Uh, I'm still not used to that, um, but We're not either. He, <laughs> he, um, you know, I could probably wrestle another 10 years and there's nobody I, between class and shows, there's nobody who um, I, I've wrestled more uh, and I don't think it would be, I could wrestle for another decade and it's not even possible to spend more time in the ring with somebody than I have with him. Um, so we, you know, we, we were, um, at that point we were both like assistant trainers at the school. Um, and there was a show, we used to, there's this kid, this DJ from like Quebec city, Canada, uh, used to have bring Walter up and he was running a show at some nightclub, like spent a fortune, uh, to run the show and brought a bunch of us up and, uh, booked Kowalski for it. That's the first time I ever met PCO was at, was at this show, um, and so we drove up, we drove up, you know, I had to drive, um, cause, uh, Hanson had lost his license. Um, <laughs> that's a fun story once we get to the border. So we get to the border, we get to the Canadian border and Kowalski used to always carry around this little, like four by six pictures, uh, of himself. And, um, and, um, he like, he gives me the picture and he has me give it to the border agent and the border agent like is just you know looking at me like what the what the hell am I supposed to do with this this is not like in this is not an ID so I give it to him and inevitably they pull us over like they you, hey you gotta park and uh so the four of us get in there uh Walter's very agitated and this guard goes have any of you uh been arrested so um <laughs> he's gonna kill me for i think i've told this story before but he might kill me for telling this story but hansen goes yes i have it was very minor it was for like a like he didn't know his license was suspended for parking tickets and it was very like it was like he's not some sort of hardened criminal there's there's no real good story with that um so now well, now they're going through our car so finally kowalski but can we curse on this or yeah okay yeah uh so finally, ryan, ryan can okay <laughs> I'm so, the only one that can't. <laughs> Kowalski just loses his mind finally and goes, God damn it. I am killer Kowalski. I am a citizen of Canada. He's like, he just losing his mind. He's cutting a promo on this poor border guard. 
which attracts obviously a lot of attention. So like a supervisor or something or a sergeant, I, I don't know the terms or whatever, sees this and comes right over and starts reading the guy who pulled us over, the riot act. Do you know who this is? Mr. Kowalski, we're so sorry. And they go, we're on our way within five minutes of Walter having an outburst. Um, and Walter, is he was a dual citizen. He was a citizen of Canada, citizen of, um, of the United States. Um, so up in Canada now, like the first night we get there, um, me and Hanson and this DJ, we go out, we go to a strip club, we do all that fun stuff up in Canada. And then we get back and me and Hanson are sharing. It's, they get us. So this guy already, I mean, we should have known something was up. This promoter puts the Kowalskis, who are an elderly couple, sharing a, um, a one-bedroom suite with me and Hanson, who are both 20-something-year-old <laughs> single guys. Um, you know, um, well, you know, so <laughs> we, um, you know, so we have to share this pullout love seat, not a pullout couch, a pullout love seat. Um, both of us a little smaller than we are currently, but still very big guys. So, you know, middle of the night, we had turned on the AC, I guess, uh, cause we were hot and Kowalski's wife just started screaming at us in the middle of the night to shut off the AC. Uh, the next morning, the bathroom is two doors. I go to, I open the bathroom door and standing there is, you know, here's six foot seven, Walter Kowalski uh, in his underpants. And I just slowly closed the door <laughs> and laid back in bed and pretended it, it never happened. So then we go to the show. Now we get there and the promoter is like, I haven't, you know, he hasn't sold many tickets. He's basically telling us, look, nobody's even going to be here. And the production of this was like, I mean, it was in a nightclub. There's lights and smoke and a fancy entrance. Like this was like the most high tech setup I had ever been a part of at, at that point. And there's no fans there. So suddenly, like maybe an hour before uh, before Doris, he announces that somebody had stolen the cash box, um, which is an old promoter's trick of, you know, I'm not going to pay the talent. Uh, me and Hanson had actually already gotten paid at that point. Um, and, you know, it's funny, um, just to show you what type of guy Walter Kowalski was. Um, I mean, I can assure you he was getting paid a lot more <laughs> than we were for that show, rightfully so. Um, you know, Walter relied on appearances and stuff like that to still support himself. And uh, all he cared about was making sure that all of us, because there's a bunch of us from his school that had gone up there. And all he cared about was making sure that we get our money. Um, and then all in turn, all we cared about was... Um, you know, making sure Walter got paid and he wouldn't have any of it. Like he, um, you know, insisted upon paying for uh, me and Hanson's food on the way home. Like he was just, Walter was just a first class guy all the way. Yeah. Um, just an amazing, yeah, amazing, amazing person. Um, somebody who I think is starting to become forgotten a little bit and it's a damn shame. I wish WWE would um, acknowledge mm -hmm. him more and, um, talk about him more and jesus put out an action figure do something i mean this guy is so important to the history of wrestling um not only for his contributions uh, but when you think about the people he has trained and the people that they've gone on to train i mean if you you kind of want to think of it this way kowalski trained triple h who's kind of the father of the perform performance center yeah. like that's that's part of the kowalski lineage like that's yeah um, no, i completely you know, agree it's incredible uh, he's 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 a very important figure uh, in the history of pro wrestling. Yeah, if I, and if I might throw my little uh, old school uh, parts here, okay. I, I'm a, I started watching wrestling when I was born. You know, my dad was a wrestler. My grandma, my my dad's house was the first house to have a television in the neighborhood, and everyone in the whole neighborhood would come over to watch the Lone Ranger and wrestling. And so, <laughs> and my my grandma was afraid of Killer Kowalski. Like there were two people, Ox Baker and Killer Kowalski that she was absolutely afraid of. Like, yeah. <laughs> and one, and sure. one helped train me and the other one was my manager for a spell. So <laughs> how about that? Awesome. Good lineage. No doubt. No yeah, doubt. yeah. <laughs> two, I mean, but you look at those, you look at them too and they were both ahead of their times. I mean, um, sure. they, those are two guys who, who would have worked on top anywhere in any era. Um, no just ba based on their work, based on their look, based on their promo skills. Guys didn't have the promo skills that Kowalski and Ox Baker had. 
um, right. you know, back then. So it, it's, it's something that when you look at somebody like Kowalski, uh, Walter would have been a main eventer in the fifties, the six in the sixties, like he was, but he also would have been, I mean, in the seventies, he had kind of, he, he had the stuff with Bruno, but right. and in the heyday of the eighties, Walter would have been a main eventer. Walter would have been a main eventer in the attitude era. And Walter would have been a main eventer today. Um, right. He's just a guy who would have transcended, you know, eras of pro wrestling. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, go back to the list, Ben. What you got next? Sorry, right, that was a very long-winded answer. <laughs> wow, those are my favorite answers. They kind of answer, I think, several of them. But cool. I think the next one I kind of want to ask is, I mean, I think everyone has that guy who they look at uh, when they first start watching wrestling who they just fall in love with immediately, you know? Um, I remember I started watching wrestling in about 2003, 2004 with my older brothers. Um, and both of them, mind you, are like the biggest Hogan – heads you're ever going to meet like hulkamaniac everything um if we were to pull him he is uh he is the draft on downstairs one of his kids is potentially getting drafted tonight so he's losing his mind um but uh we were to pull him up here it would be all kinds of craziness but uh when i started watching uh triple h was that guy like everything he did heinous and evil but god i loved him for him (laughs) Who was that guy for you? Yeah, I mean it's Hulk Hogan. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a pro, I'm a product of the '80s, man. Like, uh, um, I mean, I think I, I've posted it online before. It's a picture of me. I'm three or four years old, and I'm in my Hulkamaniac, you know, Hulkamania sweatshirt. Um, Hogan was that guy. I mean, I, I think growing up in the era that in the time that I did, I don't know how. Um, especially if, you know, being a kid in that era, you know, maybe if you're an adult, maybe it feels a little cheesy, but man, you go back and watch the reactions um, to Hulk Hogan in that day. They're just, the reactions are just so pure. And so there's nobody sitting in the crowd giving it, you know, four star ratings or whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> like people are just, you watch the crowds during that Hulkamania era and the crowds are just losing their mind. They're just absolutely, I mean, grown from grown men all the way down to children are sitting there dying waiting for Hogan. like you know i think on the bruce pritchard podcast he jokes about the vince saying like you know hogan must pose like but the crowd wanted it for, again from grown men to to children you know everybody um i mean hulk hogan is just i mean when you look at there's a i think there's a lot of um you know there's i mean there's aside from the controversial stuff and some of the things he said which obviously are are pretty heinous um but as far as like from importance to the wrestling business and what he meant, uh, I mean, this guy was larger than life. So in the era that I grew up in, yeah, him, Piper, Savage, um, Ted DiBiase, uh, Andre, um, I mean, that, that, that's my era of pro wrestling, JYD. Um, you know, I don't think I wasn't like, you know, five or six years old doing the JYD dance in my living room, you know? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I was, you know, I was going to say, if you get comparisons to uh, King Kong Bundy, I know I've, I've read that online. I was at 1988, uh, Saturday night's main event, Landover, Maryland, when Bundy and Hogan uh, wrestled there. I was in the crowd. And before that main event, there were probably eight real fights in the crowd. I mean, people were going absolutely <laughs> nuts. I was probably 12 years old, my dad. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I never got to see Hulk Hogan as a kid. Um, I grew I grew up in New Hampshire. So we'd get, I mean, we need, wouldn't even get B shows here, man. We'd get C shows here. Uh, I remember seeing, you know, the Rockers um, right when they first got signed or when they first went to the WWF. I don't know if gotten, get signed is probably not the proper terminology at that point. But uh, um yeah, I mean, they weren't, like, regularly featured on TV. Same thing with Owen Hart. Owen Hart hadn't debuted on TV yet. I remember seeing him. Um, but, yeah, we got some, some – we got – I mean, I remember Ted DiBiase came to one of them, and it was amazing because uh, he's probably the biggest biggest guy that ever come to WWF, you know, at least at least the shows that I went to. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, so I didn't, I didn't get to see Hogan live until I was a grown man. Uh, I was already in the wrestling business, <laughs> and, and uh, it was him and – uh, they, uh, I think it was like Backlash or something pay-per-view that okay. came to Manchester, New Hampshire. And it was uh, Hogan and Shawn Michaels versus um, Muhammad Hassan and Davari. So. Oh, <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> I was just about to say, we just uh, we just went back, my brother, and I think, I think you may have been there. We went back and we watched uh, 
the WrestleMania two, uh, yeah, twenty when he came out and yeah, we, I was uh, dropped the big boot on on Hassan. Oh, that that crowd reaction hasn't changed. It was still like, man, you think it's even possible for anyone to get that level of just. <laughs> crowd approval anymore <laughs> you know i i don't and here's why because people don't allow themselves to get caught up and lost in it yeah. um mm-hmm. you know i think i think the closest that we've probably had um since the attitude era is, is cena um but i mean when you still hear i mean it still amazes me when austin well, when there was crowds for pro wrestling <laughs> right. um you know i i think you know as a performer seeing like Steve Austin come out and he hasn't been on TV regularly. And, you know, I don't know how many years now, but, and the, and the Hogan comes out and these, the crowds just still erupt for these guys. Yeah. And um, I just think the, I think the pro wrestling audience has just changed. It's like, if somebody becomes too popular, it's like, well, it's not cool to like that person because everybody likes that person. So I'm not going to like this. I'm not going to like Roman Reigns and I'm not going to like John Cena because they're the chosen ones. I'm going to choose this guy. That's, Nobody likes him, but really everybody likes, him. you know what I mean? It's, you know, it's, I, I think it's, I think it's, just, it's not good or bad. It's just the pro wrestling um, landscape and the way fans enjoy and watch has just changed. And, it, you know, I, I think it, I, you have to adapt to survive, you know, do, do I, do I like how I would love to just see fans a little bit, just get lost in it, just get like, you know, and you see it sometimes. I, I think you see it more with heel reactions oh you, yeah and you oh, guys will, I, th- I think we've gone to a point where um at least the online fan they they you know something happens in pro wrestling that's supposed to piss them off and then they get pissed off about it but then they're like well no no i'm pissed off about it because i mean they don't even know what's going on and they're out of touch and that's like but you're supposed to be pissed off about this I, I look at the taven uh world title win at um mm. at msg <laughs> amazing mean, it was supposed to go up people's asses sideways you were supposed to feel angry and disappointed and just like wanting to punch a baby coming out of Madison Square Garden. <laughs> yeah. and people did but then they're like that company's out of touch it's like no at that moment and that's part of the story that that that's oh, where yeah. the story was going like they you were supposed to feel very angry at that moment so i think um i think it's gonna be tough for anybody to get to get that over honestly i mean you gotta think of somebody who can you can be cool to the internet fan and the, and the grown-up to the grown men to the children to the women and that's what like when you think of like austin hogan the rock uh randy savage like they transcended um you know age groups and you know gender and race and you just all these people just came together and universally either loved or hated some of them and i just don't i just don't see that anymore and uh, you know chicken or the egg kind of thing i guess is it the fans have changed or just nobody has been able to capture the magic like them right i'm with it Uh, so you mentioned uh the taven win at msg and i know Ring of Honor recently put out the Supercard. What was it like wrestling in MSG? Oh, it was, un- I mean, the way, I, I guess the way I always describe it is like, think of like a kid, you're your kid and you have like a crazy dream and it's that crazy dream most of the time. Ah, you know, go to college, blah, blah, blah. You know, your parents and stuff are telling you. And for me that it was um, living a lifelong dream, um, like exactly, you know, like, I dreamt of wrestling at Madison square garden one day and I wrestled at Madison square garden and, you know, um, and it was a, it was a fleeting moment. It was a minute or two, but I mean, in his last year of professional wrestling and the last time he ever stepped foot in that arena to wrestle, I get to be in the ring and wrestle Jushin Thunder Liger. Like that's like, that's, you know, uh, I got to be in the ring with Minoru Suzuki you know, yeah. <laughs> like in Madison Square Garden. So, I mean, I, I can tell you right now, well, you know, uh, someday I'll tell my grandkids how I sold out the garden with Liger. Like, that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, not right. No, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it I happened. Mean, yeah. <laughs> he, he eliminated you from the match. Yeah. I mean, that I, but I'm not, not yeah. saying. <laughs> Liger Malonis at Madison Square Garden yeah. happened. I well, mean, that's yeah, a thing. We, all know Liger just we were there. Away. We saw. If it was one on one, he wouldn't stand a chance. That's right. <laughs> Shote had no effect on me, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I wiped my ass with it. No, I'm kidding. 
All right. Is there any other uh, like like big venues that you've gone to go to that have given you? Uh, I don't know if any can give you that Masters Square Garden vibe. Is there any other uh, venue or, or city you've been to where it's been like, oh, this is awesome, like really just great crowd vibe? Yeah, I mean, I mean, New York in general. I mean, Hammerstein is awesome too. I think the the New York wrestling fans. I mean, there was two sets of wrestling fans. I was I was very afraid of uh, with Ring of Honor, especially when we, you know, um, you know, when we left Silas and we were going to start doing the babyface thing. And um, you know, New York and Philly fans are very notorious fans, uh, who, but they're both fan bases that have been very good to us, and I think they appreciate uh, what we do. And I think they also feel like, I mean, what you see is what you get with me and Bruiser. It's very genuine to who we are. Um, and I think that, I think, you know, especially those types of fans, um, they appreciate that type of thing. So New York, Philly with, uh, you know, the ECW arena, 2300 arena, whatever the hell it's called now. I mean, that's cool. I mean, get, we got the main event there against, against uh, Cody and the Bucks a week before All In. Uh, you want to talk about pressure? You want to talk about, you know, just being terrified? I'm like, man, like, if I trip and fall on like cody's leg or something a week before this i'm gonna be like my career's over first off like second of all i'm gonna be like the biggest heel like in the history of pro wrestling but not like in a good way um <laughs> you know like uh, i mean that that was pretty cool i mean we go to we go to all sorts of places i mean I, I, one of my favorite things is um you know looking up what happened in um the different buildings like we've got the nashville memorial auditorium municipal auditorium um, I mean, so many cool things happened there. I mean, um, you know, there was a, you know, a number of starcades there. Some, some of the forgettable starcades, but some of the starcades were there. Flair defeated Steamboat for the world title there. Hogan versus Zeus, the match, the movie was filmed there. <laughs> um, yeah, I like, you know, that's always very, that's always very cool to look at what happened in those venues. Um, but Philly and New York stand out quite a bit. I mean, the other one that's real special to me is Lowell Mass, uh, the Lowell Memorial Auditorium. It's where Shawn Michaels lost his smile. Um, but WWF used to do a lot of tapings back, back there in the day. Um, and even though I'm from New Hampshire, the city of Lowell is where I've probably had the most career matches. Um, chaotic Wrestling, where I started. Um, we ran almost exclusively in Lowell for, for a good stretch. So every three weeks for a number of years, I was wrestling in Lowell. Um, so that's always very special to go back there. I mean, last year, uh, we had to wrestle for the world tag titles, you know, uh, in Lowell in front of my friends, in front of my family, in front of fans who had literally seen my first career match. So it was pretty cool. So what's one that you haven't been to that you want that you like it's on the bucket list got to go to. Oh man. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, and I don't know if ring of honor will ever run it, but I mean the garden in Boston, you know, the, uh, yeah. You know, I think that would be just because, again, just what it means to me personally, how close it is to, um, you know, how close it is to home. I mean, just as far as a city, like, man, I want to wrestle like in L.A., you know, L.A., California. I think that would be, uh, you know, hopefully next year, hopefully next April, we'll all be out there. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but I think I think that would be cool, um, you know. Um, Boston yeah, Garden. I mean another another cool one is Toronto, which uh, uh, we we yeah. did for SummerSlam weekend. Uh, Ring of Honor went up there, and um, it's it's not it's not technically the old Maple Leaf Garden, but it's the same building. It's just redone. Right. But that's that's pretty cool. I remember, I remember you know growing up here in New England, we used to get Maple Leaf wrestling on the on the French station. So yeah. I used to get Nesson when they used to, this is when they used to show like the house shows, the old like house shows. Mm -hmm. So I used to watch it on Nesson, um, the ones from Boston, and then I used to watch. Um, you know the ones from the maple leaf gardens on on the french channel so you know very cool to wrestle up there i used to get that too because jim jim crockett because i'm i'm a southern guy man we had jim crockett jim crockett had a piece of maple leaf wrestling for a while and they used to do these used to get these random canadian wrestlers down there and then wahoo mcdaniel would go to toronto and wrestle for the tv title it was pretty awesome back in the day <laughs> right on back in the day <laughs> well, we're showing our age <laughs> no, I, I'm, sh I'm the old fart here man i'm the, I'm the old guy <laughs> all right what's the list ben well let's see uh is there a dream rivalry or feud with any yeah. singular person or tag team uh with bruiser that you would want and this person can be past or present 
<laughs> I mean, I, I mean, right now I'll go with that. I mean, lethal and Gresham. Um, you know, I think, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm just going to shoot straight here. I mean, I think we've done a lot. I think we've more than proven ourselves. I think we've more than proven ourselves in the ring. Um, you know, we do the comedy stuff, but I think, you know, when it's go time, we've shown that we can hang with anybody. I mean, we've uh, wrestled the Briscoes a number of times, wrestled the Bullet Club. I mean, um, we've wrestled the Motor City Machine Guns. Um, you know, we've hung in there with everybody. So, um, I mean, to sit here and tell you that, um, you know, the world, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles aren't on my mind um, and, and us having an opportunity to be in a program for them. Yeah, I think I think um, I think we've earned it. I think we deserve it. And, you know, I, I definitely, um, you know, I want to see that happen sooner, you know, sooner rather than later, um, you know. From uh, you know, I put it out there the other day from a single sample. I'd love to wrestle Roosh. You know, I think that would be, um, you know, it's funny. I spent the majority of my career, um, as a, you know, as a um, as a singles competitor. So the tag team stuff really, um, has started for me when I when I joined Ring of Honor. Uh, so it's a little different. You know, 15, 16 years in your career making that big that big pivot but i look at up and down the roster and there's tons of guys on the ring of honor roster that would just love to you know get in the ring with one way or another a uh, question real quick about your tag team stuff do you hold the rope i do uh, <laughs> i do when i have to make the tag like just because okay. yeah okay <laughs> But uh, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't hold it like you know the you know. I don't. I don't. Geez, I don't know if I'm on camera. I don't even. I guess. I, don't even <laughs> we, yeah. I got. I think. Uh, I think TK Ryan probably hates us. <laughs> Very uh, much there so. Was, there was one night at the UMBC that we were there. Um, and, and it's every time. It's every time. It, it is every time now. It is every time, man. It's become a running joke. Um, Every time TK would go for a tag, he would like drop the tag ropes or he wouldn't touch him. And then and we'd be like, Hey, hey, he has to hold the tag ropes. Yeah, <laughs> We're sitting that's... there like, TK, <laughs> you gotta to, hold the tag ropes. To be fair, I don't know that TK Orion likes anybody. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, he did turn around and flip us a bird. So that did happen. That, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> so so hold the tag I'm complaining about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I'm not sorry. You got to hold the tag rope. It's the rules. Why they put it there? It's there. For it is a the rules. And so, I, I, you know, what's funny is, um, you know, I think my my relationship with Todd Sinclair, knowing him for so long, he was the booker at Chaotic Wrestling. So I, I would say, um, you know, there's there's nobody who's done more for me in my wrestling career than Todd. Um, mm. You know, um, he has just done. He has been there for me. Um, literally since day one, um, he was booking chaotic wrestling. He was the first guy to give me a shot. He fought for me when the owners of the company didn't really want me on the shows. Cause I was a big guy, uh, but he saw the potential in me. Um, you know, it's an independent championship, but he, you know, he thought enough of me to put the chaotic title on me, which, you know, uh, so he, to me, that was him taking a chance on me. Uh, he just always, you know, he, he's been instrumental in, um, you know, me getting to a place like Ring of Honor. He's been very instrumental in that. Um, but I think because of that, um, I've got a very a much healthier respect for referees and the rules of professional wrestling uh, under threats of, you know, death. <laughs> so That's really cool, man. I, I had no idea even that he was that, I don't want to say involved, because I feel like that's by no means what I'm trying to say, but like, man how much he actually does like that's really cool yeah okay. i mean he's i mean he's very important to um you know he's very important to ring of honor i can i can tell you that much and um he does he does much more than a referee um but it, i mean just his i mean his level of knowledge is i mean there's a guy who you should have on here um i mean his Lord knowledge Lord, we'll uh, <laughs> his knowledge of of pro wrestling um is unbelievable just and i mean that from a sense of like for also from a fan sense but also from just a understanding you know uh, what needs to go on in the ring i mean you think about you know he's been there since just about day one i think it's like since like the second or third show um he's been a ring of honor so every single name that has come through ring of honor he's been in the ring with uh he has refereed um you know most of the most important matches in the company's history 
Um, so think about that invaluable experience. Think about the guys he's worked with. Uh, I mean, he's, uh, he's brilliant when it comes to wrestling. He's a guy who is underappreciated. Um, I think he's somebody who, you know, um, I think, you know, our stories are, are the same, um, you know, in that we're a little bit different. We're not, uh, we're not in the mold. Uh, and we got overlooked by some other companies, um, because we don't fit a certain mold. Um, but he is, you know, um, he's, he's the best referee I've ever been in the ring with. And, and, and it's not even close. Awesome. Well, we won't, we won't, uh, I'm not going to dime out anybody here or anyone related to anybody here who loves to heckle him. We go, but let's just say there's somebody whose name rhymes with Pat Lilly. Who, who heckles Todd Sinclair every show? So, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm, diamond, I'm sorry. I said, it, I said it rhymes with. Yeah, it's Pat. It's your brother. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? It, <laughs> it annoys him because he doesn't like. Because he, you know, he, again, just because of his respect and his understanding and the respect for the guys, um, you know, the wrestlers, uh, is that he knows he's not supposed to be the center of attention. He doesn't want to be the center of attention. And it's not like he gets upset from a standpoint of people are giving him crap. It's like the, hey, no, pay attention to the wrestlers sort of thing. But that's just because of that's what he cares about. He understands what his job is. He understands how to do it well. And he doesn't want the focus on him because he knows that the focus is on him. It's not on the – it's not where, where it should be. So that's why, you know, he gets – you know, like we talked to, we joked earlier about the theme music and the in the video. Um, you know, you know, you know, it, it, you know, it got to him. But I, I, it was so I was so happy for him um, in Columbus, Ohio, when they did that they did that fun match with uh, him and Ian and stuff. And I was so happy for those guys because at some point or another, everybody who's involved in pro wrestling has thought of having that that moment um, mm. in in the ring. You know, and some people are, are just not cut out for, you know, the, that piece of wrestling. Um, but here's another thing people don't know about Todd. Todd, he st- again, he started training with me. He trained to be a wrestler. He did everything we did. Um, so and he had to. He was required. And that was how he was, he was trained. He wasn't just refereeing the drills. He did all the drills. He wrestled. He had matches. And that helped him understand how to be a better referee. So he's put in the work. He's paid his dues. Um, and, but I, and I was so happy for him just to be able to see him have fun and do that match and allow himself to have fun. Um, you know, that was a really fun, that was a really, you know, cool and fun time. I, I know some people didn't like it on the internet, but shit, lighten up, have some fun. People don't like a lot of things on the internet, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, that's a, I think that's the thing. And I don't want this to turn into like, oh, I bitch about wrestling fans. But it's just like, man, if something made me that miserable, I just wouldn't watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> like if something right. legitimately pissed me off that much and I was like, this is just bad. This is a, I mean, I think we're all seeing right now, life is pretty precious and moments are fleeting. And, um, you know, we should all be careful how we spend our time. So if, if something is legitimately making you that upset and you're not enjoying it, just like I'm right. not, I am not having, not, not a, I'm getting mad because I'm involved in the characters, but I, I'm talking about, I'm legitimately not having a good time watching this. Right. Do something right. else. There's, you know, mm. do something else. <laughs> that's, that's my biggest piece of advice. Not that I want to chase away fans. Although I, I will say this, there's more pro wrestling now than there's ever been. And we have easy access to all of it. So if you don't like mm-hmm. WWE, turn on ring of honor if you don't like ring of honor and wwe watch aew if you don't like the three of those watch the indies you know watch beyond wrestling watch you know there's so much just pick what you like and watch that that's true it's it's like the rebirth of i was like because i'm the old guy here i'm in the old part and i grew up in in washington dc area we had channel 50 which was an independent station that had wrestling every night so i got to watch world class awa and all of that as a teenager it's like that again. It's like the territories were reborn, except it's not geographic, you know, and everyone has access to it. And so, I, I mean, I think it's like, it's almost like a golden age. And I mean, I really, I, it's, it brings back that, like, I remember I would see a guy, you know, uh, when Ted DiBiase, because to watch Mid-South, and when Ted DiBiase, who was number one guy in Mid-South, when he showed up in WWF, oh my gosh, I popped up crazy. Oh my God, that's Ted DiBiase. I know that. <laughs> and so we have that again now. So it's, I mean, it's a great time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was about to say, I don't think there's been a better time to be a wrestling fan. Everything is just right there at your fingertips. Even with YouTube, I mean, all of it. Yeah, YouTube changed the game, man. I mean, and when you think about, 
um, another place I spent time in Beyond Wrestling and what they've been able to do. I don't know if you guys have, have, are familiar with Beyond, but uh, yeah. I, I mean, they have only behind WWE the second most, you know, uh, followers or subscribers on YouTube. Right. And, and the way they've been able to monetize and uh, take advantage of that platform and then do the weekly live series, uh, just uh, um, just amazing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the guy who runs it, Drew Cordero, is uh, you know really smart guy, really smart business guy. Um, yeah, I mean, YouTube has changed the game forever. Right, right. Yeah, I, I just remember like, when I suddenly got free time while I was in college because, um, you know, what's studying. Uh, but, like, I remember uh, just like, all right, well, let me catch up on this. Uh, you know, this isn't my style. Uh, let's watch What Culture. They, they, they have a wrestling show. Um, here's Defy. Uh, it's just all of it, just right there at your fingertips. I think it's wonderful. Um, but, so, one of their questions, and we started, I was going to ask it, but I didn't want to interrupt. Um, so you bring up, you know, about how the, the typical big guy and how that has turned off some people, but we really want to point out, and I know Dwight had brought this up to us, like, yeah, you said it, you work pretty much with everyone. And I mean, you mm-hmm. can go, I mean, we're not just saying that cause you're here in front of us, but <laughs> like we sit here and we can watch you guys go for 10, 20, 30 minutes, but we're seeing guys. And, and I know Dwight, I'm sure you want when we were talking about this i had heard a, a shoot interview and I, I can't even remember who it was with but they were talking about uh, wrestlemania with lawrence taylor and bam bam bigelow and bam bam bigelow somebody that i mean i thought I, I, you compare favorite favorably to and so we're talking about how after that that lawrence taylor goes backstage and he's gassed done he can't even walk he's about ready to pass out and bam bam comes back you know bouncing on his toes like hey great match i was like you know that was you know and i was and i was just thinking you know we saw uh, goldberg blow himself up uh walking to the ring in saudi arabia <laughs> and, and, I, and i've seen you guys but i mean you put on some good matches i mean you're beyond matches i mean your single stuff I mean, for a big guy, I mean, you definitely got the cardio. So, what do you do to keep that up? I mean, I mean, obviously, I mean, you got to you gotta do your work, you do cardio work. You got to, uh, even though I'm a big guy, I still got to keep up with my cardio. I need to cut back on the calories, especially in this uh, quarantine. <laughs> you know, but we're working on it. We're working on it. But um, yeah, I mean, really though, it's ring shape. You got to be in the ring. I mean, everybody's going to be hurt. I can tell you right now, everybody's going to be hurting. Um, unless they get a ring and somebody to work out with at home when wrestling starts back up, everybody's going to be hurting because there is just a different sort of shape you got to be in. And it's a different sort of breathing. And it's, it's, it's really learning how to breathe. Um, I used to love when at the wrestling school, you know, you got me and, um, Hanson there and we're bigger guys and you get these muscle bound guys that would come in and, you know, and then they are, they're all cocky and, we're kind of looking down their noses as us and then we'd blow them up and like, you know, in like a minute and just embarrass them. And we, you know, then that's when we got the smile, but yeah, I think it's a lot of, it's just learning how to breathe, learning how to relax. Um, I mean, the best pro wrestlers are able to show that intensity on their face and in their body, but in reality, it's staying loose. It's, it's staying composed. It's, it's slowing down. It's not going too fast. It's so all, but all those go into, you know, learning how to perform, learning how to breathe, not getting blown up and making sure you have gas in the tank when it's, you know, when it's time, you know, I take pride in, you know, I take pride in that. I take pride in being able to work with anybody. Um, much like, you know, I just said, you know, how Todd Sinclair trained to be a referee had to, um, train and do, and I'll do all the same stuff that, um, you know, that, that all of us were doing. Well, I didn't, I didn't get, you know, the only thing I, I ever got uh, a free pass on not doing was back body drops. And that was more to save, um, <laughs> to save, you know, whoever would have had to try to give me one. Um, but, you know, I had to do everything everybody else was doing, all the same bumps, all the same rolls, all the same drills. Um, and then, my, you know, my wrestling coach would make me be on the bike in between drills. We had a, we had a stationary bike and I'd have to be on the stationary bike, you know, in between. So, um, I think learning how to just, you know, I learned how to be a wrestler first and then I learned how to be a big man wrestler second. And I think that has helped me all the way until today. Cause I see so many guys, um, you know, there's a guy, 
um, who's, who's actually pretty damn good. Uh, he's up here in the Northeast. His name is Wrecking Ball Ligurski. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he does a, you know, he's, he's fantastic and he's really come such a long way. But when he first started training, I think, you know, people told him, you're a big guy. Don't, you know, you got to move slow and you got to, you know, don't get off your feet and things like that. And in reality, it's like, man, learn how to wrestle. And then you can pull that stuff back, but he's, he's learned so much. He's come a long way. Um, but he was like that. And, you know, when I first started wrestling him a few, you know, four or five years ago, you know, and that's so many guys get into that. And the big guys who succeed in pro wrestling today are the guys who break that mold because right. nobody wants to see, you know, plotting, you know, and, and Bundy was great, but nobody wants to watch a King Kong Bundy match in 2020. Right. Now, Bam Bam Bigelow, the big boss man, those are my guys. Those are the guys that, that I love and hold dear. Well, I was going to say, man, if people want to see one of your matches, um, I was at one of the Beyond shows where you and AC Romero that was yeah <laughs> that was that was pretty amazing let me just say <laughs> which one which one was it was it the one at the we've had a couple you know me and yeah. ace were a tag team it's funny he uh you know I'm, I'm so happy for him being with impact and now he's got that a tag team and we were the original triple xl uh right. but I, I mean, he's a respectful guy he asked me if um if i minded if uh he used that there and i said no nah, man you know that's you know do your thing i'm so happy for you know for him i feel like um you know, Ace is like a little brother. I think you know it's funny. I think all like these younger big men here in New England. I feel like the uh, like the old man. I feel like the old you know, big brother type of thing. Um, but it's a cool feeling. It's cool to be able to help people. And um, you know, I'm I'm real happy for Ace, and I, I hope he does big things. Um, you know, over there in Impact, and they just got to give him a chance, and, and he'll do well for himself. Yeah, big fan. All right, real quick, because we have uh, some comments in our on our Facebook chat starting to blow up. The first, uh, Ashley Dijak, uh, says she hopes that you and your family are staying safe and healthy. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, hi, Ashley. Glad you're watching. Uh, love and miss you guys. So, yeah, we're, we're doing good. And uh, Stephen Page, he wants, he wants us to ask you about the one time that you were in the ring with Vince McMahon at a chaotic show. <laughs> yeah i mean um it's funny i'm surprised you guys haven't brought that up yet it usually comes up every podcast i do um so do you, do you guys know this story it's, I, uh, I don't think i do i i was unaware that this happened yeah it's on it's it's on it's on my uh it's on my youtube page but um so um john cena's dad was involved with chaotic wrestling and um his brother is a police officer in triton mass or something like that so i know there was i think his brother got in some sort of accident uh but then they wanted to do because of the accident like they i think a police cruiser got destroyed or something and it was some sort of fundraiser for like the police association to like to do something i forget the exact thing but um so john cena's dad partnered with chaotic wrestling um and got john to do a um you know, to do, he's going to, the WWE wasn't going to let him wrestle, but they let him referee. And then they also <laughs> sent Eugene. So originally the original main event was supposed to be Hanson versus Rick Fuller, who used to be in WCW with Cena as yeah. the, as the referee. And I was supposed to wrestle Eugene. I was the chaotic wrestling champion at the time. Well, Hanson wanted to wrestle Eugene. So he politicked himself into wrestling Eugene. I don't know if I've ever told that part of the story before. So you guys get me exclusive. So then I got moved yeah. into the, <laughs> I got moved into the main event with uh, Rick Fuller with John Cena as the referee. So this, I mean, the place was like sold out like 1500 people or whatever. So, you know, small high school gym. Um, so Cena like meticulously puts the, like the whole finishing sequence together like meticulously like point by point i guess i didn't think anything of it i just thought like uh he's a damn you know at that point Cena's the biggest name in the business he's the hottest guy he's on top he literally has the wwe title with him um you know just to be in the ring with him and listen to him i'm like i'm like a little kid at that point like you know like this is amazing so um we do something where like i'm down i i hit cena with uh with the belt he goes down um I, I get take like a choke slam or something. My manager comes in and low blows Fuller. Uh, and then John Cena's dad gets in and kisses my manager. <laughs> they, so so we're, we're all down. And then I can see out of the corner of my eyes, somebody get in the ring. To, this story sounds made up, guys. This story <laughs> sounds fake as hell. There are going to be people, like if you, I'm telling you, go watch my YouTube page. 
the, 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 the clip is up there. So if you don't believe me, go to my YouTube and watch it because it, it it did happen. It wasn't a, it wasn't a fever dream. Um, <laughs> so I see somebody get in the ring out of the corner of my eye, and I'm like, "What the hell is this?" Like I'm thinking it's like a fan or something. And I turn around, and it it literally felt like a dream, and like the expression on my face is just like shock. Like I can't even like sell it like cool because I'm just like, "Holy shit, that's Vince McMahon." <laughs> And he comes over to me and he goes, are you the heel or the baby face? And I go, well, I'm the heel. So he grabs my arm and raises it. And here we are. And again, I'm not even looking cool. My mouth is just like, a, there's a picture of it on my, uh, my Facebook and stuff. My mouth's just like hanging open, like jaw down. I, said, I don't even know, like, is this real? Did I like, did I get knocked out during the match? You know, am I like, am I concussed? Like, I don't even know what the hell's going on. So I go to him, I go, well, what comes next? And he goes, I'm slapping Cena. I'm taking an FU and I'm getting the hell out of here. I said, okay. So I, I left. <laughs> so he does his thing. He slaps, he slaps Cena. I, I kind of bowed down the corner just to, you know, give them the middle of the ring and let make sure everybody could see what the hell was going on. Cause ain't nobody cared about me at that moment. John Cena, Vince McMahon are in the middle of the ring and he gives them the FU and then, uh, Vince sells out and Cena just starts going F you, F you, F you, F you to me. So I, you know, I know he's not telling me to go F myself. So he, <laughs> he puts me up, gives me that. And, um, you know, so I roll out of the ring, grab my manager. Her name's Cherry Payne. She's, she's the best. I love her dearly. And I just said to her, that was the greatest fucking moment of my life. <laughs> now this is before my children were born. I might I had. I was not a dad yet. So yeah, that, that's the Vince McMahon and me in the ring story. So, so I will, you have just confirmed one of my universal rules of, re of pro wrestling, right? Rule number one of, of the universal rules is no one is ever a bigger heel than Vince McMahon. That's... No, God, no. <laughs> you know, I mean, there, there, there's a, there's a follow-up to that. Like, so the, the very next week, um, I was booked as an extra um, for WWE. They're coming to Boston. And, and so I'm thinking in my mind, like, this is it. This is my foot in the door. I have something I can spark a conversation with Vince McMahon with. How many people have that um, that aren't in the WWE? Yeah. You know? um, there are people, you know, who have worked there for years. I've never been in the ring with the WWE champion and Vince McMahon at the same time. I have. Um, so, you know, so this is the end of the night. Um, I'm just hanging out in like this hallway. And here comes Vince doing like the, the strut. You see him do on tv and i go um, um you know probably in, the, probably in the most like timid beta voice you could ever imagine you know and mr mcmahon he, he stops and like cocks his head and looks at me and i go I don't, I don't know if you remember me but we were in the ring together at the indie show last week i just want to say thank you that really meant a lot to me and he looks at me cocks his head and goes oh well you're welcome and he just keeps on walking and my, <laughs> <laughs> and my dreams of leaving the boston garden with a contract Went up in flames. <laughs> There's still time. There's still time. Wow. I had no idea about that. Yeah. Yeah, that really happened. God, that's a, I mean, it's weird as hell, and it sounds, you know, it sounds made up, but it happened. <laughs> wow. I, I, you guys should say that for the end. I, That's the main event right I, there. That's the, oh I gotta be honest. I had no idea, and I just want to take a minute to read the comments because Stephen, <laughs> hey, you gotta do this. You guys gotta do this. Yeah, St Stephen is a um, Stephen is jeez, uh, he's followed my career for um, you know for forever. He's a he's a good he's a good friend. Um, you know, I've known Stephen for years now. He he's a big chaotic wrestling fan he, when i had a podcast he's a big supporter of that so steven's a great guy great supporter i'm glad he i'm glad he fed you guys that it's a good question <laughs> steven in the comments we appreciate you because i had no idea about that that's incredible god <laughs> thank you give us a question because i'm kind of shell-shocked <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're shell shocked. Imagine me being in the ring yeah, and Vince McMahon no, does a run in that I had no idea about. <laughs> like you would think someone would say something. Hey, hey, Vince is here. There was a, well, there's a few people. We obviously seen a new. I mean, he laid out the he laid out the whole spot. Um, the owner of Chaotic Wrestling got uh, got notified like in during the show. I think somebody smartened him up because there, there was like, and he he kind of knew something was going on because there was like additional 
security there from WWE, like mm-hmm. along with Cena and, and Eugene, they sent like personnel with them. They have the video footage of this whole thing too. Uh, I, I have an edited copy of chaotic wrestling's footage, um, uh, which has never, has never been released, but um, yeah, I mean, WWE was there. They shot the whole show. I'm pretty sure. Um, they definitely shot the stuff with Cena and, and Vince and all that. So they have that. I don't know if they'll ever, you know, I, I guess if I ever went there or something, they might, they might throw that up on the network, but um, you know, I, I know a couple people there and, they, and they've tried to find the footage um, to see if they have it, but um, no, no such luck so far. Wow. <laughs> all right. Wild stuff, right? <laughs> Crazy. Like I'm just I'm trying to think of like and, and I'm a nerd. Like I'm I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like how did that never pass? I'm blown. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well, it's cause to, it, like, in all honesty, like it's it's really because I mean this is you're talking 2007. The 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 video clip on my uh, on my YouTube I stole from somebody else. It's a really crappy cell phone copy of it. <laughs> Um, so you're not, it's again, this is like, I think it's before, you know, it's 2007. That's before like smartphones. So yeah, it was yeah. still like flip phone type thing. People could take videos, but they weren't <laughs> like high quality video. Chaotic wrestling has never, so chaotic wrestling had a pretty close relationship with WWE. So there's kind of an understanding like, Hey, you're not going to take this footage and sell it and monetize it. Like, right. you know, um, so they have the foot, you know, they own the footage and they've never released it. I have the footage. I've never released it. So, I mean, that it's not really, um, aside from that cell phone clip, there's not a ton of, you know, footage of it out there. Oh, right. Hidden gem. This will be a hidden gem one of these days, right? I know, right? <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be, you know, like, Tom, Tom McGee. Probably, probably yeah. not as long as I'm under contract with, uh, <laughs> with Ring of Honor, I guess. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. All right, Ben. Uh, so, how, actually, let's go from one big moment to another big moment. The, we saw online that you're part of the ECWA. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes yeah, yeah. The, the, what the was tournament. it like being such a uh, part of such a prestigious tournament i mean that was you know it's funny um i, I think i was the first fat guy ever, <laughs> ever <laughs> you know, involved with it because when you think of the super eight tournament you think of yep. you think of junior heavyweights man like yeah. it was always like a junior heavyweight um tournament so i had worked on and off for ecwa for a number of years i'd known jim kettner um for a number of years and he had come up to chaotic wrestling a lot uh, we had like a talent exchange with them and then uh, a company in new jersey called iwf um so three of us would just exchange talent and we'd get to all work in different places um so when you know we're, jim comes and I, it, it's funny uh jim jim is uh jim is the best promoter i've ever worked for this definitely the smartest promoter i've ever worked for he's the guy who again he's another like kind of hidden jim out there of um you know, just a brilliant guy who's forgotten more about wrestling than I'll ever know. Um, and just so he was, Jesus, Jim is so smart. Um, when it comes to like putting together shows and telling stories, like just an absolute brilliant mind. He trained the Briscoes, uh, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so he, you know, the one, there's one other time where he pulled me aside and it was because I went over on my time and Jim's not like a yeller, uh, but Jim has a way of articulating things where, I felt like I created, you know, I committed a crime against humanity because I went three, <laughs> I, I went three minutes over, um, you know. Um, so he pulls, you know, he says, "Hey, I need to talk to you for a second. And I'm like, "Oh shit! Like, what did I do? Like, I'm thinking like I did something." And he asked me, and, and my 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 just gut reaction was, "Wait, are you joking?" Like, and he goes, "No." He's like, "You've worked hard. Like, yeah, I, I want I want you in the tournament." I was just. I was so, um, I was so freaking blown away, um, by it. And, um, I wrestled, I wrestled, um, Xavier Woods in the first round. Uh, I lost, I did a springboard crossbody in the match. Um, but I, but I, you should have seen when I pitched that, you know, (laughs) Woods looked at me like, what? I was like, trust me, I can do it. But yeah, I mean, it was really cool. Again, it was something where, um, again, that tournament was just always junior heavyweights. You know, you think of all the names that have been in it and won it over the years. Um, so to even be invited to uh, participate in that thing was um, was really cool. Um, and it was the last one Jim promoted. So I think that, you know, that was cool too. Um, you know, but 
yeah, uh, it was unbelievable. ECWA was so much fun. The crowd was unbelievable. I said, Jim, Jim, um, just ran, you know, ran such a tight ship and, um, just a absolutely brilliant guy. Um, somebody who, um, oh, Jesus, I, I, I'd work for Jim, uh, today if he called me up, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's awesome. Wow. That's awesome. All right. We are, we're getting to our, our hour here where we're going to probably get booted. Um, but I, I got something that I want to share because I got to tell you, you created a fan for life. And I don't think you, you realized it when you did it. Uh, so recently you put up a tweet about how, hey, if you buy one of my shirts, you know, I, you know I'll give you a shout out. You're welcome. Uh, something like that. And I, I responded. And I want to tell you within about an hour, <laughs> I got a message on Twitter. I was like, hey, man, thank you so much for the support. Let's talk sometime. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I don't think uh, I don't think we had even put the connection that I was with the podcast or anything. Um, <laughs> and, man, I just thought that was the coolest thing. Um, and this yeah. has been – I mean, I, I know Ryan, he's, he's staying quiet because I think if he says something, he might lose his mind. I'm not even lying to you. I have a curse. <laughs> It'll be a bit of a he'll drop he'll drop the f bomb he'll he'll get us demonetized. Look, oh, you know, I, th- I think of like the way I guess I, I felt about you know watching pro wrestling my whole life, and the fact that anybody gives a crap about me, the fact that somebody, you know, um, you know, works their ass off all week, and then one of the things they decide to buy is my T-shirt. That's pretty damn cool, man. That's everything I dreamed about as a kid. Um, so the fact that you know that people. Um, who don't really know me, but because of what I, you know, what I do um, in wrestling, you know, give a crap and and appreciate what I do. Like that means the world to me. Um, so, um, you know, well, one, thank you for the support, but um, no, it's, it's, this is unbelievable guys. This is, um, you know, um, for a guy who I thought, uh, you know, I thought might if you know, a couple of years before I, I got to ring of honor, I, I just, kind of decided I was going to be that local indie guy who um, never really, you know, never really got a break um, to be, you know, wrestling in Madison square garden to get to travel all over the country to get flown on airplanes to wrestle sometime. You know, I got flown, um, you know, to Las Vegas one time to wrestle a five minute match. And I think about that and that blows, you know, and, and that, that blows my mind. That blows my mind. Um, when I, when I think about that and I think about the investment, like a company like ring of honor has made in me um, and the faith that they've shown in me, um, you know, when you go through this, um, you know, when you go through this, through this, as long as I have with as many no's as I've gotten over the years, when you finally get that, yes, that, that really means a lot. And those people who care about you and those people who invest time uh, watching you and invest their actual hard earned money buying um, your t-shirt I mean that means that means a lot to me um, I don't take that stuff lightly and I'm just truly very grateful to be where I'm at and you know hopefully we can get back to you know doing this thing sooner rather than later because man do I miss it <laughs> yeah so do we so I mean, we got some fans for life right here oh, yeah. we appreciate oh, for sure. thank you guys um, and with that kind of lead up because next week uh, oh boy we're, we're pretty fortunate in that we get to interview your tag partner <laughs> he's gonna be coming on the show next week yeah I mean, bruiser i mean it's funny i mean we I feel it's weird that we barely have talked about bruiser but um <laughs> i mean he's literally become one of my best friends you know um it, it's so funny like you know four years ago i you know i didn't even know bruiser and now he's like you know we talk every day and you know uh he's uncle bruiser to my kids and um you know um we just hit we just hit it off so quick man um he was one of the first guys i mean the, the ring of honor locker room is the most welcoming locker room i've ever been in it's the best locker room i've ever went in when all this bullshit online was coming out and people were talking like they knew what was going on it's like man, you have no clue what's going on in our locker room because there has never been a more united locker room that i've ever been in you know and uh you know what we've been through you know time after time um you know it's unbelievable but you know he was one of the first guys to welcome me with open arms we had a match together against each other and we just hit it off we put i think we put the match together in 10 minutes and then we were talking for like a half hour and todd sinclair comes over he's like jesus you guys are still talking about this match it's a five minute match and i'm like oh no we put the match together like a half hour ago we're just you know (laughs) 
know, we're just, you know, we're just shooting the breeze. So uh, you guys will have a great time talking to him. He has a lot of great stories too. Well, that, that ties into our question. All right. A little bit. Yeah. Who's winning one-on-one? <laughs> oh man. Well, the bruiser does hold the, uh, the lone victory in, uh, in you know, our, our, our history against each other. He's one and oh. Um, but, uh, I'm going to tell you right now that, uh, he must've eaten his Wheaties. Uh, I, you know, I slept wrong that night. I had a fever of 104. Uh, I shouldn't have probably even been wrestling. You know, I had a broken leg. Uh, you know, nobody even knew, nobody even knew about it, <laughs> but if we step foot in the ring again right now, I'm healthy. I'm ready to go. Bruiser's getting his ass whooped. No yes. doubt. We know it. Yeah. That's what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> Man, I gotta be honest. I could sit here for hours. If you don't mind, we're gonna need to have you back here at some point. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, you know, the the schedule is pretty clear right now. I was, uh, you know, I was gonna have a lot on the schedule, but not so much. So I'm happy to come back on anytime, guys. Let me know. Man, we we would love it for sure. That is sure. all we have here at PWO. Uh, is there anything you'd like to like to plug? Anyone you want us to be looking at? Uh, I mean, I would say just, you know, if you're fans of wrestling, just uh, if you have the, the means and ability, I, I'm fortunate enough, I still have a daytime job. I'm able to, you know, I still have an income, able to support my family. By the way, Ring of Honor has been nothing but, you know, unbelievable to us. I'm sure there are people have seen the reports. The, the, to me, the best wrestling company in the world to work for, you know, bar none. Um, but, you know, there are guys out there who have lost a lot of money, um, you know, uh, and they can't take advantage of some of the um, – you know, some of the things that are out there. So if you have the means to do so, I would say just, you know, support your favorite, um, you know, independent wrestlers um, because um, they're out there and they work hard and, and they're in need of your support. So uh, go out there, support them, buy a t-shirt if you can, uh, and just, you know, keep loving wrestling. Don't, uh, don't forget about all of us while, uh, while we're all on the shelf here temporarily, because someday we'll be back here and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be we epic. Can't we can't wait. We cannot wait. Guys, that is all we have here at Podcast World Order. Please like, share, subscribe. Where can, we, where can they find you, Brian? Uh, I'm on uh, Twitter at Brian Malonis. At, I'm on uh, Instagram at Brian Malonis KP. Guys, right. it's a follow Beautiful. you're going to want to do. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's all we have. Thank you all, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you. <laughs> I think at some point here, our outro is going to start playing.